0: Hey, I don't have the money to invest. Well, start off with whatever you have, right? Mm-hmm. And then over time, this is, is gonna compound itself and and get much, much bigger. Yeah. Over time. I agree.
1: Yeah. And and you know, again, I said it earlier, right? Don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. Real estate is not a get rich quick scheme. A lot of mentors kind of sell it that way. It is not. It is a the most efficient way to grow your wealth. To
0: reach financial independence. but it's not like get rich quick
2: Hey, fellow savvy real estate investors. Thanks for tuning in today. We have Kay Trevor Thompson on our show today. and, Really excited to have a conversation with a fellow Canadian who is now living in the United States. There seems to be a little bit of a trend of this with um, so many investors we know who are making their way down to the United States. So, um, Trevor now lives in uh, Austin, Texas with his family, but originally is from Ontario and in the Niagara region. So, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, In terms of his bio and his history, um, he is a super well rounded guy, has tons of different types of experience, um, started his career out in the entertainment industry. Um, and then he spent 20 years working for iFly, which is super cool. And for those of you who don't know iFly, iFly is an indoor skydiving um Experience and I know my kids watch this on YouTube, so um, I've definitely heard of iFly. Um, and they grew from one location to 80 locations worldwide, so super impressive track record. Um, and then, just like us, uh, made his way somehow into the real estate industry and has since been doing some really cool things, um, including partnering in various types of deals from multifamily to uh, development uh, to you know. Uh, even single family. So there's lots of different things he's done. Um, I don't know the full scope of all of that, but that's what I'll let Trevor talk more about. So uh, without further ado, here's uh, Trevor Thompson. Trevor, thanks for being on our show.
1: I'm so excited to be here.
2: Awesome. So Trevor, please tell us,
0: um, yeah, you know, it's I I watched uh for you know your video on uh, YouTube about the most interesting man so
2: <laughs> which
0: I really love because it's it is a, a very unique uh you know and we don't hear too many people with the uh, with the attractions background that you have yeah. tell us how um uh, you know your a, a little bit about that and how you got into real estate
1: Yeah, so I'm originally, as you said, from Niagara Falls, Canada. At the very young age of 13, I started working for Ripley's, believe it or not. Um, I actually worked there all through high school because tourism is what Niagara Falls is all about. Then my boss actually opened a Guinness World of Records um, down the road. And I joined that company and got promoted up through that company and actually became the managing director of the Guinness Rights for all of North America, which meant I ran one in the Empire State Building and to be honest, that was kind of my first taste of doing business in America. Um, and, you know, I, I just love the entrepreneurial spirit of Americans, the, the lower bureaucracy of governments and business. Absolutely. And, you know, Canada is a tough place to do business. And then from there, I started doing consulting. So um, some guys in Hollywood that owned the wax museum there opened a Guinness in Los Angeles. And so I helped them open a Hollywood wax museum in Branson, Missouri. So I spent a lot of time working in the U.S. And then originally I actually wanted to open a Guinness World of Records in Orlando, Florida, because there wasn't one there. And so I worked on a deal to do that. And then Ripley's bought the rights out for Guinness, which is bizarre that I used to work for Ripley's. And they wouldn't grant me the rights. They wanted to open one themselves. But I was determined still to go into the U.S. So I made a deal with the guy to open a year round haunted house of all things. Um, and I committed to stay with him for three three years. And it was a very unfortunately unsuccessful business. It turned out to be a good real estate investment for him because he managed to sell the property for considerably more than he bought it. Um, and they demolished the haunted house. And then unfortunately, um, that owner got into some trouble and uh, didn't end up building. But that's another story. And then across the street, this thing called I Fly Indoor Skydiving opened up and they needed somebody to help grow their business. They didn't really understand the attractions business. They didn't quite get it, so I got hired on. And interestingly enough, at one of our first team meetings, the owner gave everybody a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. <laughs> and that book blew my mind. But to be honest, I did nothing about it. Um, you know, I thought, okay, I don't want to get involved in toilets, tenants, and trash. Um, I don't have time. I don't have money. And I just kept working my jobs with iFly um, iFly became hugely successful. We got bought out a few times. Um, we originally was in Lando, Florida. It was at the original location. And then they moved the company to Austin, Texas, which is why I relocated to here. And I just kept building, we built the company up and then we got bought out by private equity company. And that was the, now I no longer had the no money excuse. And I also paid a tremendous amount of income tax. And I remember thinking, real estate, income, best way to, you know, earn money, the best tax rates, man, I, I, this is, there's no excuses left. I've got to get involved in real estate. And I still didn't quite understand it. So I started going to those weekend seminars. You know, the first one I went to was to give us $50,000 and we'll show you how to buy an office building with no money down on a credit card. And I thought no, 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 it doesn't quite sound right. <laughs> and then I went to a couple of others and then I stumbled on a local group that mostly did single families, but they had a commercial and the light bulb came on. I went, wait a minute, when I buy an apartment complex, I'm buying a business and I have people that are taking care of the toilets, tenants, and trash. And I have all of these things started to come in my mind and I thought, oh, this is incredible. I never thought of this. And so I started passively investing and had a goal to stay as a passive investor for quite a while because, I loved my job and my job was going well, Um, you know, you can do still well as a passive investor. And then I just started educating myself like crazy. Um, Just, I went to every meetup I could. I went watched every podcast I could um, to educate myself. And then, you know, and I kept working with iFly. And then all of a sudden, 2020, um, I got let go with COVID. They went from development to survival like a lot of companies did. And I thought, okay, um, this is the universe telling me it's time to be a full-time real estate investor. And so I switched and that's where I am. So that's kind of like very long story in a short version. And like you said, if you go to my YouTube channel, which is K.TrevorThompson, um, you'll find that I call myself the most interesting man in the world because with my journey, you know, I had lunch with Michael Jackson, the world's tallest lady used to work with me. I met Robert Downey Jr. right when Iron Man came out. So I've had a blessed career
0: yeah no amazing yeah it is is uh you know uh, that video was uh was really really nicely done okay. so I appreciate it I that. tried to
1: have fun yeah you yeah. know I, I tried to keep things light and have fun and uh, so that that's why that one was created
2: yeah so I mean talk to us a little bit about this transition and you know some of the motivations in picking real estate as your second career and uh, a vehicle for you to start investing in. I mean, you you alluded a little bit to your, um, you know, influence from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which we can all relate to. I think every single person almost who I, we've had on the show and we're nearing like, you know, 50 episodes now. It's such an interesting thing. They will yeah. all talk about the exact same thing, which is, hey, we read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We read Rich Dad. And, you know, uh, Robert Keogh, Saki, kudos to him. I mean, yeah. I, I really think he's left a huge legacy because he, he has influenced so many people into pivoting the way that they think, which is yeah. the biggest and he reset thing all, right? Your
1: mindset, right? So, so many of us are taught, you know, and there's other people still teaching this, right? You know, buy your home, your home is an asset, um, you know, live frugally, don't get in debt, all of these things yes. where real estate is somewhat the opposite, right? Real estate you're using this debt to buy an asset that's producing a cash flow. Um, so the real estate is really powered by the power of leverage. Um, and then you know, so so again, in, in in the U.S. more than even Canada, it's one of the most tax-efficient ways for you to earn money. So even if you don't have anything to do with depreciation or any of those things, it's still one of the most efficient ways to earn money. And then. You know, the U.S. has many programs that that spur real estate investment. So there's you know, there's depreciation, there's cost segregation where you can accelerate the depreciation, Um, love them or hate them. You know, Donald Trump says I pay no income tax. Uh, That was because of real estate Um, and, you know, the laws that that are in the U.S. It's not quite the same in Canada, but it still is one of the most efficient ways. And we were even talking before the show, you know, I wish so much I had learned this earlier. Like my intention when I moved from the U.S. was, or Canada to U.S. was to buy an Airbnb and then have a place because I still have family back up there that I could go. And I didn't do it. And, of course, real estate is appreciated tremendously in the Ontario market. You know, as a joke, I looked at some place I was looking to buy for $300,000, and so many years later, it's $900,000. And I said to myself, oh. Man, I wish I'd have bought it, right? And <laughs> good quote is, you know, buy. don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. And if I'd have done it, right, if I'd have stepped out of my comfort zone and I'd have picked up that particular unit, um, you know, just think about it. My original investment would have tripled in value. And even if it just cash flowed enough to carry the cost of it, um, the appreciation of it would be staggering. Um, and I didn't. Um, and and so I regret, you know, everybody has regrets, but you know, all you can do is not make those same mistakes moving forward.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to know, how long have you been investing as a limited partner? Because you've been investing, you've invested in 20 syndicated yeah. deals. Uh, like how long of a time span has that yes. been in? And what has your experience been in terms of Returns and you know, and you've invested in not just multifamily but other asset classes as well.
1: Yes, I've been investing passively since for five years now. Um, and then I started just investing in multifamily because I believe very heavily in multifamily, and especially in the markets, I'm investing. There's a housing shortage, the people are being priced out of the market, so they can't afford to buy a home, so they do need to stay in apartments. Plus, I'm also quite excited to be able to improve the quality of an apartment and make places better for people to live, try to create better communities, um, you know, be a good landlord. So I started investing just in multifamily and to be honest, like 80%, 90% of my investments are in multifamily, but I decided within real estate, I needed some diversification. So I did my first retail investment, um, really good timing on that March 15th, 2020. <laughs> we all know what happened by the end of March in 2020. And so that investment became a bit of a struggle, uh, but they managed to give us about a 5% cash on cash return, which is not like it, it was exciting when in, inflation was 1% or 2%, not so exciting now inflation 7 8%. Um, but but all things considered, and they, they managed to take it from you know, uh, they call it a triple net leases now. So they managed to switch a lot of the tenants coming out of COVID by forgiving some rents and putting them on triple net, which passes expenses over to the tenants versus on the landlord. Then I decided that I would invest in a medical center. Um, again, you know, there was a huge demand created with COVID and I started looking into medical centers. And I so I did a passive investment in a medical center. Um, I also wanted to get a little bit into storage but I I was and I wanted to get an investment in the Carolinas. So again it all lined up and one thing I've missed talking about is investing with people you know like and trust. Yeah. So I met this person, connected and talked for about a year, but there was never a deal that she was working on that made sense. And then all of a sudden, she presented a, a new build storage unit Outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, where my brother now lives. And I went, that's the trifecta, right? I wanted to get an investment in the Carolinas because it's really growing, especially in the Charlotte, Raleigh area. Um, storage, even though it's not exciting, this particular investment with a new build in a new area that's basically a growth projection of Charlotte, there was. You know, a lot of places, there's a lot of ma and pa operations um, that, you know, are in storage, but this one didn't have anything. So the fact to be able to put in, it's a big, it's a 600 storage unit. It's a big one. Wow. Um, and so to be able to make an investment in that, plus I liked their concept of the investment. It was very interesting that basically they have a construction loan and they have investor money. And then once they stabilize, they can refinance it. And their goal is to pay back the investors a large portion of their capital investment. And then you'll continue to own the asset for a period of time. So it's a little different investment, right? Won't be any cash flow really for two to three years till this gets built and leased up. But then all of a sudden you'll have a cash event where they'll refinance it once they reach stabilization and, and they'll get a more traditional loan. And hopefully interest rates come down by the time they go to do that. It's a bit crazy right now. Um, and, and so that, that was very appealing to me. And I invested in a single family home fund. So it was a little bit different that I invested in a fund that was buying homes. And it started out okay, but then real estate in Central Texas went crazy, almost doubled in value. And their buy box just got all messed up. You know, their buy box was three bedroom, two, $200,000. Um, you know, all of these things. And then now so it's worth 400 in the math, the one 1% rent rule, which a lot of people know didn't work out. So it, it's been a slower investment, but what they bought is appreciated greatly, but they just haven't been able to get to the critical mass. The idea was to get to a critical mass, get a portfolio loan, sell the portfolio to somebody else.
0: So this was a uh, built to rent?
1: No, it was it was buying existing homes, So the the real estate group I'm part of, their specialty is like subject to and wraps and distressed sellers. So their goal was, okay, um, most of that business is run, anybody in the single family space is based on hard money loans, which are very expensive. So their idea was if we could eliminate this hard money loan, have, you know, two and a half million dollars that we raise sitting in a bank. um, You know, we can close today, we can get contractors in tomorrow, we can get it on the rental market next month. Um, So their idea was we'll buy a bunch of these homes accelerate it because we have the cash in the bank. Then we'll get a we'll refi that particular property and then we'll get them into portfolio loans after we stabilize them and, you know, do another refi. So some things, again, the increase of home prices and the increase of interest rates have made that plan a little bit flawed. Now, in terms of returns, it's all over the map. So I've had two that just gave me my money back, which I'm not very happy about. I had one that tripled my money in 20 months. I think I'm very happy about that one. And then most of the other ones, um, I look at the IRR, which is an internal rate of return. And they've been in the mid-teens, you know, 15 to 18. And so I'm pretty happy with those returns. And all of them sold before the normal five-year cycle. Um, And part of that was, you know, real estate just grew so quickly, it was easy for them to get out and, you know, be able to pay their investors off. Um, And the one that 3x my money was another out of Texas investment in Tucson, Arizona. Um, Friend of mine, who again, I've been following him for a year. is highly focused on the Tucson market. So they got in at the right time. They got out before interest rates went too high. Um, They managed to buy another property, which I rolled my original investment into. Um, And so part of that was just to to get a little bit of the gravy in the gross states, which is Arizona, Texas, Carolinas, and Florida. Those are the big gross states in the U.S.
2: For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, when you're, deciding um, where to put your money in sort of, uh, you know, you, you alluded to the fact, you know, somebody, you know, like in trust, um, do you sort of have a criteria or like certain check boxes that Definitely, have to meet yeah. um, in order yeah. for you to decide which, because there's so many operators, there's so many investments, there's so many asset classes. Um, how does one, you know, maybe, maybe walk us through this for somebody who's a newer investor, who's looking to get into, um, this type of investment and maybe explain to us why somebody would even do this. Like there's so many people out there who want to just go and start buying like a brick and mortar house, right? Like, let me just go buy a house or duplex or something. Let me rent it out. Um, what was the reason why you chose to go this route? Like, it sounds like you completely circumvented that route. You didn't go buy any, like, you know, small investments. You decided right away, Hey, look, like I want to go institutional is what, I'm hearing yeah and so you you, so you made this the, this jump
1: yeah the single family scared me right the you know if you're buying a job and yes it's an investment but in theory you're buying a job and I had I mean, a job yeah. and I was really busy doing well. Um, I've never not get ripped off yet when I have a vendor come to my house so I thought why would I want to make that something <laughs> I would do you know because we all know anybody who's in the single family space, right you're only as good as your, your contractors and your team, Um, you know, that that's make or break you. And, and then the light bulb basically came on when I started researching this, that, wait a minute, I'm actually investing in a business and this business is buying a real asset. I'd learned from Robert Kiyosaki and other places, the power of leverage, so all these things started lining up, you know, so I'm, I'm investing in, in a business, I'm investing in something that's using debt to accelerate it. And as a passive investor, I'm not signing on any of that debt. My only risk is my investment. Um, you know, there's no other risks and someone else does it. So, so what I do is I look for the who first and I've learned a lot about the who. Um, and the who is, you know, know, like, and trust, but I want to go even further. I want to find a who that's offering education to people that are. So this particular investment in Tucson, Arizona, I actually paid for mentoring for them on asset management and went to a lot of their things. And I'll be honest, the opposite of what most people would think. I actually went to a webinar where they did a presentation and they called it our worst deal ever. What did we learn? And I thought, here's some guys talking about an investment they made and how they struggled through it, didn't give the investors the returns that they promised, but the things that they did to, to at least give them close to what they had promised everybody. And I thought to myself, that genuine honesty is so important to me. Um, and they just offered a lot of education, right? There wasn't this, hey, I'm great. Every investment's fantastic. Um, so I liked that. And then secondly, you know, whatever asset class you want to get in. I like multifamily, but as I mentioned before, I've got some diversification, but find something that you like. And I like the concept of taking an apartment, making it a better place to live, increasing the revenue, all of those things. So I like, like that, that as well. And then, you know, so, so first, the way I explain it is you, you're betting on your jockey first. Okay, so the jockey is who's 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 racing the horse, right? And then the next one is the horse and the horse in theory is the asset class, right? Yeah. So I've, most of my investments are in multifamily because um, I get excited about, I don't really get excited about storing people's junk, but it made a good financial investment um, and people do need storage. You know, we have more stuff than we ever could use. I have a funny story. When I left Niagara Falls, I put all my stuff in storage and then got the Florida. and None of it looked like a Florida house, and so and and then a year later, I gave half of it away and reduced the size of the storage. A year later, I gave half of it away, and then the last time, I just get, took it all to the charity. And I was like, I paid three years to store my junk, and never kept anything of it. You know, um, you know, always sort of thought, oh, somebody would use this someday. But anyways, out of that story, and then I just and then the third is the, the track. And the track is, where is this asset? So that's very broad, right? So is the asset on um, Canada, United States, Costa Rica, wherever you are, that's the track. And then within the track, it becomes very localized, right? So the things I look for are you know, growth in population, growth in jobs, good average income, you know, and then it gets very micro to the area, right? What are the rents in that area? What's the crime in that area? What are the opportunities? And I try to get the trifecta before I invest.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's, that's a great amazing.
2: analogy. Yeah, yeah. Super great analogy. So yeah, for those of you like just to recap, like, you know, the analogy to the to the horse racing, right? So the 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 what did you the call him? The jockey, the horse, and then the track. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all, all, all equally important. Maybe some people think one is more important than the other, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like Determining yeah, what those three good are for analogy, you. And- if, you like,
1: if you like analogies, on passive investing, I like stories because I got a thick head, so you got to tell to me in simple terms. So passive investing is very much like buying a ticket to go on an airplane journey. So you're not buying the airliner. You're not buying the airplane. You don't have the expertise to fly the airline. So you buy your ticket, and you are a passenger on a journey. Yeah. And so when you go on the journey, you can continue working. You can retire. You can go on vacation. You can do whatever you want because someone else is doing all the work, right? So the sponsor owns the airline or the airplane. Let's say the pilot is our asset manager that's managing the whole business. And he's got specific training. The people making sure the plane is ready to fly, are, you know the ground crew, or the property management team, the stewards and stewardesses, our investor relations, and they do all the work, and you're on a journey. And so they give you updates on your journey. Okay, we're about ready to go. We're you know so we're going to be closing on the asset. We got on the plane. Okay. Oh wait a minute. We got a little turbulence coming up. I got to tell you, <laughs> we didn't do this right. We've got this happening. We're going to explain it. Um. And and you know and then you go on your journey. And yeah. at the end of the journey, your responsibility is done. And the difference is on an airplane ticket, of course, it's just a liability. You're just planning to go somewhere. But when you get to your destination, hopefully, with most investments, you've earned cash flow on the way. And then the majority of the investments, the biggest portion of the proceeds are on the sale of the event. and And so you get paid to go on your journey. So it's an interesting analogy that a lot of people don't think about because they think, well, You know, I'm going to just do it myself. Well, are you really going to just get on an airplane and go fly it? (laughs) And what lessons are you going to learn? And are you going to take other people's money when you're not an experienced pilot and take them on a journey? I mean, think about that, right? I'm going to go borrow my relative's money. I don't really have a pilot's license. (laughs) And I'm going to, we're all going to fly to the Bahamas. Think about that. It's making sense, right? But a lot of people do that. Yeah. Um, and so again, I like this concept. When I was investing, I lo- heard that early on in one of the the books that I read. I thought, wow, and and all of these light bulbs came on, and that's why I just kept passively investing. And I would have probably kept mostly passively investing um, if I didn't lose my job um, because I didn't have the time. To, to get trained to become an airline pilot yet. I didn't have the time to, to do all these things, you know, and I didn't have the value to bring to a team. Now, now I've managed to learn those. And and so, you know, cause you, not just one person flies the airplane, right. It's a team. Yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely. No, that's and, such a great analogy. And it actually, I just, you know, I just came back from Atlanta last night and, uh, I can totally relate because we, you know, had a, had a little bit of turbulence along the way and, uh, you know, I had some delays because of the weather. So it's perfect analogy. And I'm going to use that one in the, yeah. uh, in the future as well.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I think it's interesting too, because you had a very fulfilling and very, um, successful career and, you know, the messaging here for a lot of people, it's almost like a lot of the social media messaging and the messaging out there is like, Hey, how do I quit my job and become an investor? How do I yeah. quit my job and go into real estate? How can I, and I mean, ultimately like what we tell people and what we believe is that, you know, real estate is a vehicle to get financial freedom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What you do with that financial freedom is up to you. Um, you yeah. can continue to work because you're passionate about being a doctor or a lawyer or a business, uh, high-end high business professional and, and you can continue to do that. Or you can have the option like you did to say, Hey, like now I'm going to pull this trigger because I do have all this passive income as well. And I can start this journey into yeah. becoming a full-time real estate investor. So it doesn't have to be that, you know, you could only become a full-time real estate investor um, when you invest in real estate. And I think that's the biggest message here that real estate is a vehicle. It's a investment vehicle. And, there are lots of amazing ways to utilize it to, to to attain financial freedom. And it it oftentimes has nothing to do with your job. It, it's a completely separate mind block. Like it's yeah. another thing that you do. And, and like you said, you don't have to train to be the pilot. You can still yeah. go and on as the Warren
1: journey. Warren Buffett said, right? If you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. So yeah. real estate investing lets you earn money while you sleep. Um, Think about that. Right. Your money is working. You're not working. You worked, you earned your money, and now you're putting your money to work. And another really good analogy that a lot of people and again, this is about starting early. And a lot of people say, well, I want to create enough passive income so I can quit my job. But let me give you another thought. Okay, typical real estate investment should double in five years. We're just going to forget taxes and try to make math simple. So I put $100,000 in the deal. Five years later, it's worth $200,000. I put the $200,000 in the deal and five years later, it's worth $400,000. Five years later, it's worth $800,000. Five years later, it's worth 3.0, sorry, $1.6 million. Oh no, I'm doing my math wrong. $1.6 million. I leave it again and it becomes $3.2 million. So think about that. Put $100,000 in, let it ride and compound and 25 years later, it's worth $3.2 million. Exactly. Wow. Just, again, when yeah. I started to learn about that, right? So it's the power of leveraging debt and then yes. the power of compounding your money. And so if as a young man at age 25, I had done this, which I didn't. Um, I didn't start till I was 55. So I waited way too long. Um, but if I started that, my where I'd be in life right now would be totally different just
2: from
1: one investment
0: yes um mind mind-blowing mind right absolutely, absolutely mind-blowing yeah and, like and that. that's the, that's that is the um you know mo- un- unfortunately most people do not understand how money works like you know the rule of 72 yeah. is you know your number of uh your rate of return really matters and you you putting your money in the right investments uh, really matters because you have to educate yourself on on the opportunities and vetting uh, uh, the operators and the sponsors. And, you know, ultimately that's going to lead you to financial success and you don't necessarily have to have a ton of money to start. And that's, that's the misconception other people have too, that, Hey, I don't have the money to invest. Well, start off with whatever you have. Right. Mm-hmm. And then over time, this is, is going to compound itself and and get much, much bigger yeah, over time. I agree.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, again, I said it earlier, right? Don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. Real estate is not a get rich quick scheme. A lot of mentors kind of sell it that way. It is not. It is a the most efficient way to grow your wealth, to reach financial independence. But it's not like get rich quick. It, but but it again look at it 25 years. You know, in theory, we turned a hundred thousand dollars to 3.2 million dollars. Um, 3.2 million dollars is life changing,
0: yeah, like
1: changing. And yeah. then again, so let's say I started that at 25, now I want to retire at 50. And assuming you would do more investments along the way once you saw the power of it, right? Um, just think about it then. Um, And if if you did every five years, just put a hundred thousand in, you know, it would, your, your financial future would be totally different if you did that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it goes back to what Jose was saying. I mean, I can speak, um, we're, we're, we, we have a lot, we have a network who's, uh, you know, in their late twenties, maybe in their thirties, people who are younger right now, um, they are so much focused on making more money. And that is the only thing they think about. It's like, hey, I need to get this ten thousand dollars raise, or I need to switch jobs, and, and you know, get get and 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 nothing against that, absolutely. Like you should be striving to make more money, but. They are not thinking at all about, hey, when I make this extra money or when I do this extra thing, what can I do with that money to make even more money? And I think that is the gap. And like Jose said, the lack of financial awareness and education and and people are looking for jobs where it's like, hey, what's uh, you know, are there RRSP contributions here in Canada? Right. Like, are there pension plans and stuff? Maybe the 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 narrative and the focus needs to change and to say, hey, like, how am I going to control this narrative and how can I put aside even ten thousand dollars a year or twenty thousand dollars a year and start to invest this capital towards my retirement or towards this benchmark of retiring at fifty or whatever it is that one wants to do, right? So um, it 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 is definitely needs to be a lot more education and a lot more. Uh, flip in, in the, the big difference really. is you
1: working for your money or your money working for you. That's yeah. right. Um, it's as simple as that, right? Yeah. Like like, hey, I had a good job and I did well, and we got bought out. And I did well, um, yeah. and and I earned that. But if again, if I had changed my focus, you know, again, we talked about if I had bought that Airbnb before I moved to the U.S. Right, right. Um, you know, in theory, my my original investment would be paid off. I've been here long enough. Um assuming I did nothing but that one, you know, I'd i have and and you know something to legacy to lead to my daughter that's still in Canada. Um yeah. you know, it's it's quite amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sure. And and unfortunately what most people end up doing when they do get a, a raise or they get you know get some cash. They end up buying a nicer car, and they all they or putting it.
2: into their uh, buying a bigger house for themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. No, my my you...
1: sister used to tease me that I was the richest poor person she knew because <laughs> I spent everything. Yeah, I was I was that belief. Well, yeah, you know, that was her joke, right? Because they were the opposite; they were frugal and and did different things. And she said I was the richest poor person she ever knew. <laughs> it's like if, if I got a raise, I just bought more. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah.
2: No, I completely understand.
0: So, so I, I wanted to, um you know, uh, ask you about you. You've been networking, uh, attending a lot of networking events to educate yourself and uh, grow your personal relationships with uh, operators. You no, know, give us some tips about networking, because you I feel like you are one of the masters at networking. You, uh, you know, are so passionate about it you've been able to connect with uh, so many like-minded individuals and, and able to create opportunities for yourself. So yeah. tell us, you know, maybe a couple of tips about networking and, and how to effectively network with uh, other folks.
1: Yeah. So first off again, I'm going to give you another cute quote, right? Your network is your net worth. Yeah. So, you know, you always want to be building your network uh, of people. And you always want to be growing your network of people with people that are just a few steps ahead of you, right? I refer to it as I got one hand reaching forward, somebody pulling me along, and then I'm going to reach backwards with my hand and pull somebody else along. Um, And it's quite interesting that the real estate community, the people I've connected with, they're all following that mantra. They really do want to... They, they, they go to the gurus or the leaders and they bring people along and i and that was a big passion of mine i set a goal at the end of last year to get a thousand people to create financial independence through real estate investing now it doesn't mean all thousand people are going to invest with me hopefully the listeners from this show learn some things may invest with you the end of the day my goal is that they they invest in real estate so you know, and it was an interesting thing, you know, so when it first started, you know, we were all doing in-person meetups and everything. And then I'll tell you, my world opened up when the pandemic happened because all of these things went to Zoom. And next thing you know, I started meeting people all over, started connecting with people. And, uh, you know, I mean, what are the chances of us meeting, Right. I mean, yep. I'm in Texas, you're in Mississauga. Um, how are we ever going to connect? But, but we do, right? Because we start getting on these forums, we start doing things. And there are so many networking events that you can get on. And for me, it was easy because, you know, th- there was only me, right? I have a wife and a grown son that live here. Um, you know, so I was, some nights I was doing three virtual meetups a night, like starting at 6 p.m. and ending at 9 p.m. with an hour on each, and every one of them, I left with two to three people to have a follow-up call with. And I, and I learned three different topics because I like to go to meetups that offer education and then networking. Um, I do one myself the third Thursdays. We do a, a networking event, and it's all about educating people. Um, so it's on Zoom. It's virtual. Um, people can you know, connect and connect with me on LinkedIn or, or some other way. You'll get invited to it. Um, you know in this month we're just talking about a guy who's really good at using systems to automate his life so um, he uses vas and other things that but next month we have somebody talking how to read your k1 as a passive investor and a k1 is kind of like your yeah. your tax return from your investment and how do you read it and we just tried to offer you know the end of last year we did what should you be doing for your year-end planning to make sure that you're not paying as much taxes so getting on these meetups. And then, of course, there are big in-person meetups. I've not done a real estate meetup yet in Canada. I was tempted. There was one in Toronto um, and I just didn't work out uh, with the timing, but there are a lot of conferences. And of course I do meet several Canadians at these conferences. And, you know, some of the big ones are like best ever real estate conference um, best ever is one of the longest real estate podcasts, uh, great place to get some, they just offer tons of education and, You know, it's three days with a thousand like-minded people. And it's everything from like, I met a guy there in four years, built his real estate empire to $3 billion. Think about that. Four years, he grew from very small beginnings to $3 billion of owned real estate. And I shook his hand. Um, you know, and he presented there and and kind of told how his journey went, what you could do. And, uh, that's mind boggling.
0: Absolutely. And then
1: joining a mentorship program is also something that's a very good thing to do, um, because it accelerates you. Um, and they all have good and bad, right? There's always bad things about a mentor program. There's always good things about a mentor program. There's not, no one offers a perfect program, but I've, I've joined several. And, you know, that's what started me. Um, I don't even recommend the one I started in, but without it, I wouldn't have started. So, you know, for that, I'm
0: thankful.
2: Yeah, like they say, right? Like, even if you get one golden nugget, You don't, you can't always quantify what you get from any certain experience, whether it's a conference or a meetup or whether it's a mentorship program. Um, But ultimately, as long, you know, as long as you get something, that golden nugget that propels you to that next level, then oftentimes it's worth it, right? It's, it's at least you're, you're taking actionable steps towards wherever it is that you want to be.
1: And then for me, you know, I'm just, um, again, I'm, I'm a follower of Grant Cardone mentioned it before, you know, he said, if nobody, if people don't know you, it's your fault. Um, and he talked about omnipresence. So I actually spent this year being omnipresent. Um, I tried to be everywhere and I'm sure that's how you found me. Yeah. And I set a goal to be on 52 podcasts. I went to a thing and this guy talked about being on other people's stages and how you can reach their audience yeah. with your message, no matter how. And it was like, wow. Um, and just, so I just started doing it. Um, now I need to focus a little bit more and I'm going to actually back up a little bit from networking and, you know, do a little bit more on deal flow. Um, But I'll still be networking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to uh, ask you a little bit more about uh, the recent deal that you guys, uh, you you did, and now you're helping with the asset management. Tell us a little bit more about that one.
1: Yeah. So again, I've been looking for a long time to find a deal. And it's hard sometimes, especially, you know, everybody says, oh, invest in Texas is great, but it was a very competitive market, very competitive market. And we kept looking and looking and looking, and we found a deal through a broker, but it was off market. It wasn't publicly marketed, which meant, you know, it was really only us negotiating with the seller and if we could come to terms. Um, It was also at a time as interest rates were going, so we did a loan assumption, which meant we assumed somebody else's loan, which is a slower and harder thing to get done. And you also, one of the things we didn't talk too much about it. Uh, big thing in the U.S. is you can get loans with three years of interest-only payments, and right. all of the interest-only payments were gone. So that was another thing. But we looked at the property; it was very mismanaged. Um, since San Antonio, hour and fifty minutes from my house, and uh, so we, we managed to buy it with a group of partners, and you know, and again. We've brought some people in. We networked to help us raise the money. Um, You know, this particular person that found the deal and brought me into the team, we met through networking. Um, She actually owns a property management company and she helped me on deals I made offers with, you know, and our goal was to get on a deal together and it worked. And, you know, so we're very excited. I've been going there once a week. You know, it's definitely um, a distressed property. And so it's taking some time and energy to turn it around. But that's the beauty of it. Right. Um, That, you know, again, our goal is to take a place that's mismanaged and manage it well, and then make it a better place to live that produces returns for our investors.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. No, that's great. So I guess just in closing, as we come to kind of our time here, um, I want to know what is motivating you to move forward? I mean, you've already had a successful career, Um, you know, obviously in terms of like, you know, you're, you're, you're able to financially retire. You're of an age where you, a lot of people decide that they're going to retire. Um, what is your why? Like, what is it that's uh, moving you forward or or motivating you to continue on with this? And, and really, what are your, what are your goals over the next five years? Are you going to slow down or do you yeah, see yourself so, just being, so, um, you know, accelerated? I never see myself right.
1: slowing down. I never thought of myself as retiring or doing anything.
2: Um,
1: and I could financially retire, but I couldn't leave a legacy for my children yet. I'm not at that level. You know, if I just started with 100,000 and got up to 3.2 million, you know, I'd be at that point where I could, I know I could be leaving a legacy. and something that that for, for my children to, to do. Um, so my goal now is that I'm going to, now I've got to this sort of critical mass. I'm My goal, I've joined up with another group of people. And the idea is now that, I'll be a smaller part of many deals versus a bigger part of a few deals, because uh, it's very hard to, to pick it off one by one. This is a group. They've set a goal to buy one hundred and fifty million dollars worth of assets this year. Um, they've invited me to join their group. and you know and I'll and, and the role I'm playing with them is networking with investors to connect with people to invest in the deal, which is my skill set. So my ultimate plan is of course, not to be as involved in the day-to-day um, a little bit more. I wanna make sure I achieve my goal that a thousand people have reached financial independence from my influence to me, that's a big why. Um, and then the beauty with real estate in the U.S. it's again, you know, that's part of the reason why I'm here is that, first of all, it's a very tax efficient way to earn your money. Then we have this thing in the U.S. called the 1031. So my ultimate goal is bigger deals, Build a net worth, ten thirty one in it to something into to dirt. Okay, it sounds crazy, but I want to be Walgreens, CVS, Starbucks' landlord. Okay, so it's the least risk real estate work there is. So ten thirty one into that, which means I pay no personal income tax. Buy this dirt that's producing, you know, solid regular cash flow in the U.S. I can die. And my heirs inherited it at a stepped-up tax value. So think about this. I took $5 million out of my real estate thing, and I 1031 into a deal and paid no income tax on that. Then five years later, let's hope I last a little longer than that, I pass away, but it's worth $10 million, and my children inherited it without owing income tax. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my goal is to create that legacy. And then I actually have created it to where they won't get all the money. It's actually um, any new money that earns takes t- eight years to pay them out. Um, cause I don't want them to be these rich, spoiled kids that, uh, you know, and, and so basically it's just to create that security moving forward. So that's a legacy that I want to leave.
0: Yeah. But so a, a thousand why.
1: people that reach financial independence, a lot of people. And again, they don't have to invest with me. They just have to learn about real estate investing, right, yeah. and then, of course, along the way, always improving the communities that we take over, and you know, producing value that way to a community.
0: Yeah, no, sure. that sounds uh, very, very. Uh, you know, I think is a great goal. Uh, you know, it seems very you're very passionate about reaching this goal, and and I love that.
2: Yeah. So yeah, uh, Trevor, thank you again for being on our show. Um, before yeah. we wrap up, um, we will put it in our show notes as well, but maybe you could give our listeners a quick synopsis of what the best way to reach you is and um, you know, some of those links.
1: Yeah. So LinkedIn is the easiest just because um, it, I'm easy to find there. So K Trevor Thompson, you got to use my full name to find me. And then if you just send a note saying, I saw you on a podcast, I accept you. Facebook, I'm a little more not as acceptable. Like if I don't know you, we don't have mutual, mutual friends, um, and I'm close to my 5,000 limit, so it must be popular or I got a lot of people. <laughs> um, and and so that one's harder. Um, my my website is Niagara Dash Investments because I had to get a dash in there to get it.com so you can find me there. Um, and then I had, as I mentioned before, I have a YouTube. I also have a Facebook group called Learn and Earn. So again, I want people to learn about real estate and then earn from real estate. So that's kind of my mantra, learn and earn.
2: Nice. absolutely yeah we have links to all of those so we'll definitely put them in our show notes i think that you've been a wealth of knowledge i think that people should definitely reach out uh join the facebook group uh reach out to trevor on linkedin and um yeah again we want to thank you for coming on the show for your honesty and all your wisdom It's uh, been a really really fun conversation yeah the one thing yeah. i miss
1: saying is good to see you hey eh? or out and about they always catch me in america when i say out and about
2: that's so funny we don't even think about it but yeah absolutely yep
1: as soon as i say that somebody will say you're
2: from canada that's so funny (laughs) thanks again thanks again trevor thank you take care